0: This is. Blockbuster Film School Office Hours! Blockbuster Film School Office Hours! It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office
1: Hours. Welcome! I see you waiting outside. Come on in! Enter! You may enter the Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. I am your professor, Mr. Alex Bonner, joined as always by the handsomest headmaster in the history of the world. A man who some people cannot even look upon. Hi, I'm Nick. That's Nick Satter. I'm here physically. (laughs) We're here because it's office hour. So we're going to give you some fun picks, some movies to watch based on a fun little category. Give the pen. Oh, no, not the pen. Tepst doesn't like this. He hates this.
0: Uh, So... I'm sorry, I clicked my pen. I'm not allowed to have anything on this show anymore. Yeah, yeah, He's no, clicking a pen over there? I can click. What uh, are these rules I'll that you're you. setting up, I'll Brian? with the pen.
1: So it, does, it has nothing to do with pens. Mine do. Oh, great. Oh, whatever it does, yeah. That's great. It's like, it, <laughs> you just throw a pen at me. We have a couple of picks to talk to you about during our office hours. It's going to be a shorter little episode. These are streaming picks, and they are black and white films for... Well, majority of the history of Hollywood, there was black and white films. Children before the advent of color, and then we had color, and people were like, "Black and white movies are garbage." But that is not true. Those are lies perpetrated by the Technicolor mafia.
0: Also, though things have changed, that's true. All those people that said it was garbage—they're fucking dead. Mm-hmm. And now these are these younger kids who are like, "Is that in black and white?" I've never seen that before. What? It's like those pictures at the thrift store. So it's just like blowing their mind. (laughs) So this episode is for the youth. That's right. The youth who loves
1: haunted black and white pictures from the thrift store.
0: The families in those pictures are all dead.
1: (laughs) That is true. They are probably dead. Unless they're vampires. But we're going to talk about that. So we're going to give you a couple picks. All of these are streaming. We'll give you the streaming service that they're currently streaming on. If you're listening to this a thousand years in the future, they may be streaming on a different service. So you may have to look into it. But currently here in 2021, you can rent 2021. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> you can rent these for free. you can rent the... rent them. Watch them on a streaming service here at blockbuster video. All right. So blockbuster film school, it's blockbuster videos, film, fantastic school. Block. Busted. Busted. He's
0: having a tiny stroke.
1: Busted makes me feel good. Okay, here we go. Nick. How many picks are we going to do? Three. Three? All right, that's fabulous. I like your headmastering. So, Nick, what is your first of your black and white hot picks? Oh, there's
0: so many to choose from. (laughs) All right, my first one. Okay. It's a nice little French film. Ooh, français. Yeah, it's available on the Amazon Prime. It's called Les Ecompetents. It's called Les Diaboliques, or just Diabolique. Yes. Not the one... With Sharon Stone and Chaz Palminteri. <laughs> Don't watch it. I think that's going to be a common trait of
1: a lot of the black and white movies as if they were really, really good. Uh, then some
0: <laughs> fucking asshole in Los Angeles goes, I could fuck that up. Yeah. So uh, all, all those people who watch that movie, like that movie, they're all dead now. Yeah. So for the folks listening, who are familiar with this movie. It is about a dude is running this boarding school and he's a headmaster Ooh. and he's a real huh. prick. And he's got this. Huh. He's, yeah. this is it. This is the story of how my fucking <laughs> ladies are going to murder me. So it's about. Huh. He's a real prick. He's got this very mild wife. She's very timid. And he just bullies her around. She works at the school. And then he just flaunts his mistress. And everybody knows he has his mistress, including the kids. And they just decide they've had enough of his shit. And this isn't a spoiler. This is a huge part of the plot. They murder him. And then the body disappears and shit gets nuts. Ooh. This is a very nice noir thriller, sexy, spooky French ghost story. And also, they yell at a bunch of kids. I really like that movie a lot. Yeah, it's great. Uh, what can you watch it on? You can watch it
1: on Amazon Prom. <laughs> Prom? Video, <Prom-ver. laughs>
0: Bezos Prime. That's awesome. What year did that movie come out, Nick? It came out in 19... 19- 55. Do you know who directed? I do. It was uh, Henri Georges <laughs> Claira. Couset. Couset. Oui. He also wrote and produced and did the screenplay. That was based on the book She Who Was No More Ooh. by Boyer <laughs> Nokika. Ooh, this is I'm getting a whole French lesson here. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the music Le Croissant. Eh? The, it was Playfoil. edited by. Madeline Gug is the only name I can pronounce. I don't know anything else she edited. I can say her fucking name. So I went with it.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. That's yeah. great. I really do like that movie a lot and it is very spooky. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. A lot of the black and whites movies that are in the fifties, the genre that really kind of pops out and did well and was the One of the main popular ones of the 50s was that thriller, the sexy. I mean, that's when Hitchcock starts to appear. What's in the shadows? (laughs) Something is up. The beginnings of French New Wave, the beginnings of you getting postmodern horror, which is what my first pick is. What's your first pick? My first pick is in 1959. It is a film directed by William Castle, who if you don't know who William Castle is, is a really awesome 50s, 60s horror director. He also produced Rosemary's Baby, so he's really kind of, he stuck around as a horror, but a studio horror maker. And he made a movie called House on Haunted Hill. Ooh. Starring Vincent Price. If you're calling about the Missy Gang feat, press one. And also Carol Omart. It's, uh, Vincent Price, if you don't know it, plays an eccentric millionaire named Frederick Loren, who along with his wife, invite a bunch of people to their haunted house party. And whoever stays in the house for one night will earn 10 grand, which
0: back then was like a trillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched you. Because they made a terrible remake of this with Liam Neeson, <laughs> and it was $5 million. <laughs>
1: ah, I'll kill anyone for five Yeah,
0: million. I know. <laughs> and then Owen Wilson OD'd on heroin. Yes.
1: I, Too soon? Oh, that definitely happened. I like this version of House on Haunted Hill because it's maybe the most fun Vincent Price movie ever. There's a lot of great Vincent Price stuff, but... This one for me is the one that always stood out to me and I would rent as a kid. And also, as I said, it's kind of postmodern. It's about a haunted house that a bunch of millionaires have set up to screw with people. Yeah. And to prove to them that the real horror is you, you assholes. And spoiler alert a little bit, but then also it goes a little haywire. And is it actually haunted? That one in the 90s, they were like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tay Diggs is gonna get murdered by a ghost with the shake. Remember the Shaky Face Ghost in the '90s? That mm-hmm. that was so scary. Shaky Face Ghost. You're like, what's it? the
0: deal with '90s horror movies?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my sneakers just suddenly got all chunky for some reason, and my jeans got weird fitting, and my shirt tucked itself in. Brian has a perm. <laughs> and I believe that one is on also Bezos prime
0: Mm. and I highly recommend checking it out. Have you ever seen that movie, Nick? I have long time ago. I used to watch a lot of, I haven't said this in a while. I used to watch a lot of Vincent price movies on encore. (laughs) Actually, I saw this on AMC when they had their monster vision where it was like a week Mm -hmm. of horror films and uh, AMC used to be great Yeah, before they started making things like, Breaking Bad, and (laughs) Mad Men. He used to show shitty movies, (laughs) shitty horror monster movies from the 50s and Halloween two twice a day. Yeah, Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, what an amazing good job,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, slow clap. Shia LaBeouf clapping meme. (laughs) So, also, one quick little note on that. Just so you know, that film is now public domain, so you can do whatever you want to... The 1959 Vincent Price classic, House on Haunted Hill. Nick, what is your second black and white pick for our students here in the office hours? I'm just
0: going to go chronologically. Mm -hmm. These aren't essentially the order you should watch these movies. These aren't like the list of my picks. Okay. I just decided to go chronologically. Do it. At the last second right now. Mm -hmm. Number two, available on HBO Max. The Battle of Algiers. Ooh. This is one of the best war movies ever made. It's also it's mm, I'm gonna take a breath. <laughs> yeah, slow, slow down. You, it's an you Italian got this. movie that's like basically they shot it documentary style with like mm-hmm. newsreels, people who actually survived the battle of Algiers, people who weren't Ooh. real actors, just they just shot it guerrilla style. It's so real. It's like you're watching news footage mm. of a war. And also the amount of extras they have in this for the scenes is insane. People had to actually be told in America when the movie came out this is not real. Cool. Don't worry. Yeah. I like love it's that stuff. nuts. So it's a member of the Criterion collection. So you can catch it on HBO Max without having to pay the Criterion Bucks. It's dope. Uh nineteen sixty six this movie came out. Cool. Kind of the um, tail end of black and white, too. Yeah. Like
1: But that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it was praised for its realism and all this stuff. And then it also won the Golden Lion, the Venice Film Festival. That's awesome. Yeah. That's kind of a sneaky, if you win the Golden Lion, I kind of feel like
1: that's one of the film festivals that actually picks a movie that is genuinely good most of the time. And I'm not bashing entirely, but sometimes Sundance and Cannes and stuff are kind of political Yeah, at this point. So the Venice Film Festival, if you don't know about it, is one of the bigger worldwide film festivals. It was sort of what Wes Anderson was talking about with, not talking about, but I don't want to say spoofing, but he was, the Venice Film Festival in its presentation and the way that it works is kind of the beginning of a life aquatic. If you've never seen that, where it's a much more regal affair and it's very old school cinema as a very revered art form. And so, yeah, I have not seen the Battle of Algiers in a very long time, but I also remember it being. Because also in 1966, most of those war movies are like John Wayne. Yeah, this what
0: the opening scene of this is the French army just finished torturing a guy, and he's sitting there in his underwear, just uncontrollably shaking, covered in scars and blood. And they try to make him drink coffee, and he can't, like, like, his head just keeps swinging around. He can't do it. He can't do anything. And it's just like. And then they put a French army military uniform on him and go, you have one last task. Take us to the rebels address. And he literally tries to jump out a fucking window. (laughs) So he doesn't have to do it. And it's just like, wow. When your movie opens with a guy, just trembling in pain from torture, it's only going to get nuts, more nuts from there. What's wild is I wonder, I'm sure that she was influenced by it, but
1: zero dark 30 opens like that.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Interesting. And also, this kind of documentary sort of style, like that, where it feels like it, sometimes it's narrative, sometimes this is wow, interesting. Okay, cool. Man, that's awesome. I will definitely check that out. I remember watching it as a child. I probably shouldn't have seen that as a child, <laughs> but I did. I shouldn't have seen most of the shit I saw <laughs> as a child. It definitely affected us, it made us slightly insane. That's why we have this show. Hey, everybody. I'm fine. It's also why we have Super Producer Brian Taps.
0: We didn't mention him, but he's here. He's here. He's, he's here. We did mention him earlier when I was accosting him <laughs> about the fact I can't touch anything, but you get a clicky pen. What about this pen? There it is. <laughs> Sorry. That look hey, on his face. Listen,
1: hey, you want some sweet Foley sound effects? That's just the kind of stuff you get, okay? We got we got a real pen clicking in here. I wish I had a saw right now to make thunder. <laughs> I
0: know <don't>
1: that. <have>, uh, <laughs> all right, so... What's your number two? My number two, Nick, thank you for asking, is also a black and white film. It came out in 1950. It was made by one of America's best filmmakers at the time, and particularly in black and white. Uh, his name is Billy Wilder. And if you do Never don't heard like, of him. Yeah, he's uh, kind of a big deal. If you like Billy Wilder, I think my favorite Billy Wilder movie is a movie called Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. And Sunset Boulevard, if you've never seen it, once again, also very different, feels very modern just slight spoiler. It starts with a dead guy who is the narrator. And he's like, Hey, look, there I am dead. Like, you know, it's got this kind of, I don't want to keep using postmodern, but it has this very modern feel in when a lot of times in the 1950s, you would see something that was a weird, dark romance and it would be very melodramatic and very straightforward and very unfunny. And if you don't know it, it's about an aging silent film queen who refuses to accept that she is no longer a star and lives as a weird recluse. And she hires this young screenwriter played by uh, William Holden to help her movie come back. And this very strange cat and mouse manipulative quote unquote romance and
0: it just leads to like violence and madness and death. But in a fun way. I, it's, honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's honestly a it's lot a of a great fun. movie and a lot of people have ripped off that gag oh. from the beginning of it and so many things that are not worthy <laughs> of ripping off Sunset Boulevard. Absolutely. Gloria Swanson is amazing in it. And if you don't know, it's
1: where the famous line the I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. Deville, yeah. like that she's completely out of her mind. But she used to be this very f- talented actress, and now her f- ability to understand the difference between reality and not reality. And she also used to be this very alpha dog sort of character at the studio, but that was a long time ago. It's Eric von Stroheim, who is a very underrated character actor of the time. He's in it. It's wild. Cecil B. DeMille. You yeah. know,
0: it's, it's actually it's Billy Wilder. It. It's Billy Wilder. Yeah.
1: It's a truly great Billy Wilder movie. And if you've never seen it, it won a bunch of awards. It won. What is this on? So Sunset Boulevard is also on, I believe, uh,
0: Bezos Prime. Bezos Prime. A lot of these are on Bezos Prime. Bezos
1: Prime, I think, has the best black and white selection. They have a
0: huge selection. Real fast. For the people who haven't seen Waking Life, Steven Soderbergh's in it for exactly two minutes. He tells a story about Louis Mal talking about his newest movie, his most expensive movie to date cost him $2 million. He's talking about it to Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder goes, so what's what's the movie about? And Louie Mel's like, oh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of like a dream within a dream. <laughs> and without skipping a beat, Billy Wilder goes, you just lost $2 million. <laughs> That's great. Yeah.
1: If you don't know, Billy Wilder made some like it hot in the apartment. And I, I mean, the guy was just a, a hit machine. So. Hartman is also on Bezo. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I basically had to pick a Wilder. And I chose Sunset Boulevard. It was hard to pick. It's classic. It's classic. I also like that it gets dark instead of sad, which is something that Wilder does. And I would rather his stuff get dark. I yeah. prefer that because I think it makes the comedy pop a little more and it makes the ending a little more like, bum, bum, bum. you know, it's more fun than his truly affecting weird, sad endings, which you're like, oh man, Jack Lemon, you're going to make me cry. And I refuse to cry. You hear that Jack Lemon? You'll never make
0: me cry. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hey Hey man. We've all cried the Jackal. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It was the old me, which ironically was the young me. <laughs> Not bread. Get it? <laughs> um, Nick, what is your third
1: and final Black? We're Night doing thing? three?
0: That is correct. Okay. Right, right, uh, my final choice, very modern compared to the rest of these. Ooh. Also, it's animated and uh-huh. uh, it just warms my cold, dead heart every time <laughs> I think about it. It's Persepolis. Oh. It is, it's one of my favorite animated films of all time. It's a story about this uh, young girl's life growing up through the Iranian revolution and um, it's fucking heavy. There are so many levels of this, like her family's happy about the revolution and then, spoiler alert, the people in charge turn out to be terrible too. And then shit goes nuts. Because normally revolutions go great. Yeah, they're never never bad. (laughs) So it was based on the graphic novel, the same name, by uh, Marjane Satrapi. I'm saying it completely wrong. I love that I love that graphic novel. It's though. so good. It's, so it's good. amazing. She wound up co-directing and co-writing the screenplay mm-hmm. with Vincent Parand. The movie won a lot of awards. It has so much heart, and also it is a punk rock Iranian movie. Revolution film. She listens to Ramones and The Clash, and she has, like, fucking Anarcha things underneath her, like, school coat. It's a movie about rebelling. Okay. It does not involve, like, Star Wars. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, this isn't isn't Rogue One. No. This is... is, All three of my picks are about taking back shit from people Mm. who don't fucking deserve it. I agree. Or not giving up your shit. Like, standing for your ground. And saying, this is my little piece of shit, life, and you can't fuck with it. <laughs> it's weird. My stuff
1: is all about people descending into madness. Yeah. <laughs> At least two of them are. But I appreciate your, your anti-authoritiness with yes. your picks. And also that black and white movies, obviously this is a more modern one, but that they get a bad rap of being more boring or not as connected to modern audiences. And I feel that that is wildly incorrect.
0: Now, here is the part that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But you can get a seven-day free trial. Okay. Which I just signed up for. Okay. Persepolis is available on Sundance now. Oh. Streaming, which I did not know is a fucking Does thing. That count? it, counts. <laughs> it counts. It counts. It counts. I said it counts. I appreciate that. I also all three of my picks are in four languages, so get your subtitles on. Get, get your subtitles getting
1: ready. <laughs> I did not choose, well, I guess this one does have subtitles, my third and final one. It uh, is a silent film, because my silent film nerddom had to be satiated at some point. It's one of my favorite silent films. It came out in 1928. It is called Steamboat Bill Jr. Okay, Not Steamboat Willie, although I will toss one thing out there that on Disney+, Plus they have all the old cartoons, the real old ones. If you want to watch them, and they are weird. As fuck. So that is a little bit of some of the old black and white Disney cartoons. They literally have uh, a disclaimer before that says something along the lines of, sorry, we used to be racist. Yeah, That's just how it goes. Chill out, bro. Something along those lines. And (laughs) Disney Plus is all about the phrase, chill out, bro. (laughs) Walt Disney's Frozen Head will return to life if you start messing around. Do not do that. He has laser eyes. So Steamboat Bill Jr., obviously a little bit ripped off with Steamboat Willie. But it is Buster Keaton, and it is the last film he would make with United Artists. It wasn't a box office success at the time, I think because it was ahead of its time. It's kind of a wild idea. It was directed by Charles Reisner, who was like his partner in crime. And it's a wild idea. Steamboat Bill is this guy who owns a paddle steamer that goes up and down the river, and he has a son who went to college, right? And his son comes back and he's hoping he will be a rough and tumble steamboat captain. Basically the movie is a much more insane version of son-in-law. You know what I'm saying? His own son comes back as a overly educated dandy who doesn't know how to do this. and doesn't want to do this, but by getting hit in the head a lot and being literally thrown out of like four stories several times and some of the wildest stunts you will ever see. Buster Keaton and his dad kind of come together and form a uh, a relationship that they didn't have before of that his dad becomes a little more of an educated nerd and he becomes a little more of a grizzled steamboat captain. It's a very fun movie.
0: It's not. It sounds more like Cabin Boy than Son-in-Law. It's a little bit like Cabin Boy. OK. It's
1: a classic story. It's the dad and the son don't get along at the beginning. OK. Yeah. And they got to figure out a way you know, in classic Demolition Man, you guys got to get a little dirty and you guys got to get a little clean. So that's how this goes.
0: Okay, first of all, you yeah. ha- like I was in as soon as you said Buster Keaton. Mm-hmm. as I have actually not seen this one. Yes. Is this the one where the house falls and he's standing in the window? That is part of it, yes. Okay, so I've seen part of it. There
1: is a sequence called where a cyclone hits the town and some of the craziest stunts you will ever see go down that they literally would not do now. Because they are so almost horrifyingly dangerous, (laughs) including an actual, as you just pointed out, the famous, an actual building. They measured it, and then they tipped the side of a house over, and Buster Keaton stood there, and it didn't hit him, because the window was there. And if it would have not hit it would have killed one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Yeah. (laughs) At least they would have had it in focus. Yeah. (laughs) We're only doing this once. Yes but it's also on Bezos prime and uh, there's a whole bunch of cool silent movies. I just wanted to toss that out there. It's just one. Most silent movies are less than an hour. They are more captivating than you like doc, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari is That's on great. prime. The original Nosferatu is on prime. We were talking about vampires, Brian taps and the original. Wait, al- is Brian a vampire? He's a vampire. He's or vampire adjacent. I can't figure it out. That's his handle on, Vampire Jason. Vampire Jason on Reddit.
0: I just thought he was in Godspeed You Black Emperor. That's like <laughs> where he always wore those clothes.
1: But yes, so those are my three picks. I think we did a good job. Any other final thoughts on black and white movies to stream? Anything that kind of maybe was popping out at you?
0: Or if Greta Gerwig is listening, I'm sorry I didn't pick Francis Ha. Sure but I did pick that for like three other. uh, (laughs) I was thinking about that too. I was like,
1: the lighthouse is amazing. Yeah. But we had an entire uh, contemporaries about that. So I like that. It's coming back a little bit. There's a lot of modern filmmakers who are using the black and white. I think that's because I think people now are an even more, how to put it thoughtful film school generation who is mining the, beginnings of filmmaking to really figure out something to make themselves stand out a little bit. And also that a lot of those early black and white films, whether they're silent or the fifties, you had to tell the story a little more completely in order for people. And if it came out and still is around and people still like to watch it from the turn of the century to the 1960s in black and white, all three of these picks seem like movies that people still like to watch. That's a big Testament to them being good because you can make something where Stallone blows shit up like and I guess there's an element that's fun. But if you have something that's black and white, it has to have some real skill to making it for it to last this long with how much stuff we have now that people would still want to watch it. So that's my take. I think I recommend checking it out. I know some people are still stuck in their house a little bit. Worth a watch. Check them out. Those are the picks. I think we did a great job. Great job, Super Producer Brian Taps. Great job,
0: Nicholas Souter. Thanks. I don't only really comment on how we do while we're still recording. You, just, you don't want to do that? No, I mean, I don't. You can say whatever you want. You're, okay, you're doing I'm a terrible job. I'm just terrib- saying, doing I'm a terrible job. That's fine. Because you just brought that. I'm just saying, <laughs> for the people listening, if I never say anything back about you doing a good job or Brian you're doing a good job, Brian, you're doing a great job. I don't mention it while we're doing it. Okay. It's a rule. Okay. It's like a dugout thing. <laughs> oh, like
1: when the no-hitter is happening? Yeah, I mean, saying. I
0: mean, let's face it. None of these episodes have been no-hitters, but we've had a lot of really good episodes. <laughs> that is correct.
1: You can go back and listen to our uh, Office Hours about contemporaries, Office Hours Contemporaries. It's pretty good. All right, team. Well, we heart you, and we will see you next week here at the Blockbuster Film School. Follow us on Instagram. That is where we are usually found on the social medias as well as if you want to check out our Patreon, any of that kind of stuff, come check out the website. And if you like, please like and subscribe on any of the, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, any of that kind of stuff, Stitcher, it really helps us out. We really appreciate all of you who listen, especially if you listened all the way to this point, you're doing a great job. We love you, you can too. tell the
0: audience you're doing a great job. Oh, okay, It's different. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you off your rhythm. I'm just saying, I'm trying to explain to people at home, not a heartless fuck. <laughs> I mean, I am. I was about to say, I mean, yeah, Your tattoo that says, I'm I'm a heartless fuck, fuck. yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, we love you guys, and we will see you next week here at the Bloodbuster Film School.